Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey there, Friday, May 10th, 2019, as we head for the weekend. Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070. WKOK and Sean, we are here, and Steve will be there in just a moment in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the strip routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Friday edition of our show, always brought to you by Brewers Outlet, the beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage super stocked superstore that's brewers outlet special going on this weekend through tuesday keystone light 30 packs only 14.95 each get all the drinks you need including water and soda chips and snacks fresh roasted peanuts and the pickle bar too all convenient at one stop brewers outlet in sunbury now we're getting into party season you got mother's day weekend this weekend College graduations are starting. Actually, last weekend, of course, it was commencement at Penn State. So now you'll have a lot of the state schools across our state with their commencements. Bucknell graduation next weekend. Birthday parties and so much more. So drinks and snacks get all you need there at Brewer's Outlet. So we'll be with you live until 5. And then we'll have our late day news roundup. Taylor Schultz will be at the anchor desk at 5.06. And then tonight we'll have Phillies baseball here on WKOK as Philly begins a three-day weekend series, uh, interleague play at the Kansas City Royals, struggling with a record of 13-25. and 25. Philly is 21-13. and 13. They're looking for their third consecutive win starting the series tonight. Uh, the Phillies took two out of three on the road earlier this week against the Cardinals, outscoring them 16-1. to one. Cesar Hernandez looked to stay hot on the road, coming off a three-hit, three-RBI game in Wednesday's getaway game in St. Louis, 5 to nothing. Hernandez has had five hits in his last three games, and his average is now up to 3.05. Jake Arrieta will be on the mound tonight, 4-2 and two record, 3.4 ERA. Uh, Arietta has tossed at least six innings in seven of his last eight starts, but over the last three starts, his ERA is 5.29. Jake's last start, he allowed three runs in six innings, and the bullpen imploded in a 10-8 loss to the Nationals. Arietta was lifted for a pinch hitter with runners on second and third with run out, with a one out. Kansas City, they're reeling 13-25. and 25. They're just 8-11 and 11 at home. They lost to Houston on Wednesday uh, by a score of 9 to nothing. Uh, Homer Bailey will be the starter tonight for the Royals, 3-3, 5.25. 
ERA. This is the uh, be the eighth start of the season for Bailey. He went six innings and gave up seven hits and two runs in his last outing last weekend at Detroit. So we'll have that for you tonight on deck at 7.40. First pitch will be 8.15. Scott Fransky and Kevin Fransden have that for you tonight here on 1070 WKOK. Yeah. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, kind sir. How's everything? Everything's awesome. Hey, how about this? Uh, we're talking about the Phillies tonight. Another uh, game to keep uh, tabs on tonight. You got Rockets Warriors minus Kevin Durant. So yeah, no, I the- talked to I talked to Dieter Kurtenbach today. Matter of fact, yes, our NBA embed. Yeah, haven't yes. haven't had him on in a bit. So, but yeah, Warriors without KD tonight. So if Houston well, wins, we will have not one, not two, but three game sevens in the NBA playoffs on Sunday. Yeah, um, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, for someone that, uh, you know, I don't have a heavy diet of NBA, the regular season schedule, so now's the time to catch some hoops. Yeah, this this will uh, cure it for you. There's no Durant. (laughs) He is not in this series at all. Um, And that's going to be... That will be the overriding factor tonight. And uh, if the Rockets win, it will be the overriding factor in Game 7. Is the way it is. Uh, I... The one area about the Warriors that's completely different about this team compared to the last four years is that I felt that they had a fabulous bench for four years. Really fabulous bench. Remember, they used to have guys like Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston come off that bench. That bench is now depleted. It is depleted. Well, no Durant... It's not like you're turning to some ace off the bench to save the day because that ace doesn't exist. Not there. That's the big problem that they have. You know, it's the old, you know, you were talking about baseball a few minutes ago. It's the old saying with, well, we lost our closer, but geez, our, our setup guy is just great. Setup guys just great, uh, and so they make the setup guy the the closer. Okay, now what's the problem? Uh, the problem is quite simple. Who's the setup guy? That's the problem you have. That is the problem you have. And that's where Durant's out. All right. So it's not a question of just replacing Durant. It's that you're you're going to take somebody off the bench that may have been somewhat of a contributor. And what happens is this. Who then replaces that person you're bringing off the bench? Who takes their spot? Because remember, Cousins is also out. I'm not the biggest boogie Cousins guy in the world. But he hasn't been playing in the playoffs either. If they had Boogie Cousins, now you can play a certain way to get yourself through. And the problem that you have with the Warriors is that when the Cavaliers finally beat them a couple of years ago, let's give Ty Lue his just due. 
they were down three games to one in the series. We know that in that series, um, Steph Curry had an MCL problem. Remember that? Well, what did that prevent Steph Curry from doing? It prevented Steph Curry from going left. Could not go left. So Lou overplayed, had them overplay everything to just force him as often as they could to try and force him left as often as possible because he couldn't go that way. They just overloaded and forced him left. And then they they were trapping everything else. And it worked. Well, guess what? That's now how every... Now, you'll notice everybody plays this kind of defense in the NBA. And to Ty Lue's credit, that's what they did. I mean, I know people don't think coaching happens in the NBA. But I've also discovered that what a lot of people think and what's reality usually are two different things. You know? <laughs> but that's, he, de- he deserves a lot of credit for that. Dieter was at the uh, Warriors shoot-around when I was talking to him today. And he said, I'll be honest with you, he says, they're actually in a really good mood and they're loose. Now, I will freely admit to you that if I had Steph Curry's talent or Clay Thompson's talent or Draymond Green's talent, I too would be happy and lose. <laughs> yeah. That's why people always ask, like, why is the suit so happy? I said, if you had that kind of talent, you'd be happy too. That's right. Why he heads up his own department. <laughs> is there a reason why nobody else wants to join the department? <laughs> <laughs> Party of one. I <laughs> mean, he reeks in all the profits. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's just for a second uh, re-examine that statement. <laughs> exactly. Where are the profits? <laughs> you know me. I'm more of a glass full instead of glass uh, half empty kind of guy. Oh, no, my comment is made out of the fact that I think Billy the glass is half full. <laughs> he has something to do with it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm as optimistic as you can get about what he can do. <laughs> uh, I just I just, I just, just think it's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> exactly where are the profits? Yeah. Jamie right now is sitting in her office saying, geez, you know, that's actually a really good good yeah. question. All over right. Here, just waiting, over here waiting for these, waiting for the profits. Okay. He, he, let's be honest. I mean, are those words that we thought with him we'd hear in the same sentence? All right, we'll come back <laughs> <laughs> with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet. Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstores, ready for all of your warm weather activities. Camping, picnics, grilling, visit Brewers Outlet first for microbrews, imports, domestic specialties. They got them. Grab some pickles at the Pickle Bar, Steve Jones's favorite place. Snacks? Brewers Outlet has that covered. Soda, sports drinks? Check. Weekly specials, too. And there's lots of convenient parking. So get all the refreshments everyone will love for your next outdoor gathering at Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstore, Reagan Street, Sunbury. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us. Uh, by the way, it was good to hear Kyle Alexander. A good chance to talk, by the way, to Kyle uh, the other day. And it sounds like he's doing well and hanging in there. And all our best to his mom along the way. Um, it did not advance the conversation when uh, when a certain someone came by and said, I've been in the hospital. Yeah. All right. uh, it's just like, I mean, you, I mean, do you get worried about that? We heard that before. <laughs> Sensing a trend. Uh, it just is, it's just all about certain people. I mean, <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad it's, it sounds like it's not perfect, but improving. So Kyle's just a great guy. Great guy. Uh, the, uh, what we're going to do is, uh, I think we're going to have Will Hobson on from the Washington Post. We're going to move him to Monday. We're going to get Dieter Kurtenbach on today to talk about Warriors and and uh, Rockets tonight. Doesn't mean he's right there in Houston, so why not get him? Uh, so we'll go we'll go in that direction because uh, I know with Will with the trial that's timeless. And then we'll have, uh, obviously, the next half hour, we'll talk with Chris Wheeler about David Montgomery and the passing. And Wheels was close with David Montgomery. But, you know, it's funny. We could get a lot of people on the show that would say they were close to David Montgomery because he made everybody feel that way. Made them feel like he was he was close to him in some way. And That really says something about somebody when they make you feel that way. You know, he's not the kind of guy where if you tell somebody, you know, you know, things aren't going well, you know, somebody's sick and in the hospital, he's not the kind of guy that says, hey, I've been in the hospital. Right, so, I mean, it's just not that kind of guy. No. All I know is the last time I talked to him, uh, probably David, probably the last time I talked to David Montgomery, I want to say it was two years ago. Awesome guy. Really awesome guy. 
close to a half a century with one organization. And what was great with Mr. Montgomery, not only did he care about the Phillies with all of his heart and soul, he cared about all the Philly teams. Oh, no, he did. No, 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 no. He was, no, he was a big... Like I said, the last time I saw him was at a Penn basketball game. There you go, yeah. I mean, that's where I saw him. It wasn't, wasn't, at, the, it wasn't at the ballpark, um, but it was at a, a Penn basketball game. They were playing your sinus, and Dick and I went over, and David and Governor Rendell were both there. We're like, hey, let's go on over. It's like, hey, you know. It's like, oh, you know, listen to every game, blah, 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 blah. And they chit-chat with the whole thing. He's just a great guy. So he was just a great guy. That's why it's, you know, it'll be uh, interesting to hear the perspective of Wheels. And then, uh, and then I'll change a little bit with Wheels. I want to get into a little bit of the analytics part of the game. Because this will dovetail into what Dieter Kurtenbach and I are going to talk about. The way the Rockets play the game. I do not blame any organization in any sport, whether it was Jacques Lemaire with the center ice trap with the New Jersey Devils, or whether it was, or whether it's the Rockets playing what we call Maury Ball. Daryl Maury is the general manager. Uh, um, I don't. I don't blame anybody for doing that. I don't blame. Uh, Mouse Davis uh, for putting in the run and shoot because they didn't have any tight ends. Okay? So whatever style that you think can win for you, right? Right? I don't blame anybody for trying. I don't blame anybody for coming up with a way of how can we win. I'm all for that. That's your job. Your job is how can we win. And there are different ways of doing it, but here's the problem. Is that when somebody does find something like that, right? they find something that is that wins for them. That's perfectly fine. But here's my issue. It is when people, then everybody says, now that's how you do it. Let's copy it. I would sincerely hope that teams do not copy how the Houston Rockets win because I don't find it entertaining basketball. The problem with baseball is, is everybody's been copying it. So it's walks, strikeouts, home runs, and there's very little originality out there anymore in baseball. That's what makes sports to me fun. Uh, eventually, the elements of the center ice trap that Jacques Lemaire put in with the Devils, and then he used it with the Minnesota Wild when he took over as a uh, coach of their expansion team. Right? There's certain parts of it you can't do anymore. Uh, but they made the game better with the with the stretch pass and the, you know by eliminating the two line offside and so forth. You watch uh, when I watch a basketball game. There's 12 minutes of the quarter. So let's just say, for argument's sake, it's six minutes each side. When one player has the basketball four out of the six minutes on the one side, that's that's too much for me. It just it's makes you want. It just makes you wonder. Sooner or later, will a team finally figure out James Harden, and we won't see all that ISO play all the time? No, it's more than just figuring out Harden. Okay, 
the officials have to officiate the game. I'll tell you right now, the game one where the Rockets were whining, moaning, and complaining about uh, the lack of foul calls. Remember that? Game one? And Harden took that shot at the end, and he, he leaned in, and he went down, and there was no call. Well, you want to know why there was no call on that play? There wasn't a foul. Okay? You cannot, and you know how I feel about flopping in college basketball. Flopping and faking, to me, should be technical fouls. And I'd be willing, especially early in the season on Harden, if he does one of those, go boom, teed up. And have it, I don't care if he freaks out all he wants. I'm sorry, you faked it. You're done. I'm teeing you up. See, I don't like when people try to to um, fool the game. And I think at times Harden fools the game. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Very pleased to be joined by my good friend, Chris Wheeler. Wheels, welcome back. It is always great to hear you on the other end, even though this is not the greatest topic, at least initially, to talk about. No, it's great to hear you too, Steve, and talk to Sean and all, because you guys guys always make me smile. I kind of use that right now. (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. Um, The times I interacted with Dave Montgomery... He always made me feel like he'd known me for 20 years. Uh, is is that a fair assessment of the kind of guy David Montgomery was? Yeah, he uh, he really liked he really cared about people. And uh, you know, David wasn't one of those guys that uh, went up to you and said, "How are you?" and then walked away because he didn't care which how you answered it. No, he stood there and wanted to know, you know, listen to what you said, and then wanted to follow up on it. So. Yes, Steve, you got it right on the right on the nose. I mean, he was he was really one of those special people in life that uh, I'm lucky enough to have been his. You know, we started the same year in, in 1971. He was a year younger than me. Uh, he always said I looked better than him, but uh, <laughs> I agreed with him, and I agreed with him. But uh, we, we were so close for all those years, and and we had so much fun together. And hey, he was my boss too. I mean, he he didn't like some of the things I'd say on the air, and we'd have it out a little bit. I tell him, well, you got to understand, David, that there's a rat in this clubhouse, and I'm going to tell you who he is. And I'd tell him, and he'd say, well, he, no, he's nice to me. And I'd say, listen to what you just said. Of course he's nice to you. You're the president of the club. You know, of course he's going to be nice to you. So we would have we would have our moments, but for the most part, it was uh, it was really a, a, a great relationship. And and he's he's the best man I've ever known. He really is. Yeah, you know what? The other part too is um, he was. You, as you mentioned, he talked to you about the broadcast. He was very interested in what we did. Yep. <laughs> he, Steve, that was genuine with him. I mean, you could have been, uh, you could have been the guy delivering the the frozen seafood to the ballpark, and if he ran India, he'd want to know into something about your job and how how you doing and uh, where do you live and all those kind of things. And he meant it. 
he just he knew everybody. I had more than once with him. I'd be standing with him at something, and you know, he'd point over at somebody, and say, "Hey, there's someone so over there. There's his, his wife's with. What's her name?" I said, "I don't know." He says, "You're supposed to know that." <laughs> and I, I go, "No, you're the one that wants to know all that stuff." I tell you, I could tell you what a guy. Uh, what pitcher guy hit 25 years ago, but I don't know that guy's <laughs> wife's name. He said, well, find out. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that was the thing about him, Steve. He wanted to know. Once he found out people's wives' names, their kids and all that, he never forgot. He, he's a brilliant guy anyway. He was one of the He's one of those people that was so smart that didn't have to tell you. know, people that tell you they're smart and go, hey, you know how smart I am? I'm really smart. Well, they're not. <laughs> You know, That's exactly they're right. insecure and they have to do that. Well, David was really, really smart and right. and retained things. And he was he was always um, he always used to tell people in the organization, and he would do it himself. And something came up to remember something about the Phillies, a player, uh, a game situation. He said, "Call Wheels. He'll know." I don't remember that stuff, but he'll know. And that was always, yeah. to me, one of the greatest compliments that he didn't remember and he would think that I did. He used to put a lot of pressure on me when someone would call me. <laughs> David said, that you'll know this. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I'm going to miss him a lot. But uh, he was so bad at the end, Steve, that it's really a – you know, you, you say this sometimes, but sometimes you really know it and mean it. It's really a blessing that uh, he's not suffering anymore. Yeah. Right. No, exactly right. Because the last time I saw him was probably three years ago, and he was doing pretty well then. Yeah. Uh, it's the last time I saw it. Was, if, believe it or not, I was at a Penn basketball game. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. It was not Penn not Penn sure. State. It was a <laughs> Penn or Sinus basketball game, and, and he was with uh, Ed Rendell. Right. And so they Dick and I went game. over to say hi. Yeah. And I'm talking yeah. to David. He wanted to know everything about Penn State. What was going on? He listens to every game, and then it's like, holy mackerel. Oh, he used to pick my brain because he knew you know what good friends you and I were, and he'd ask about you and and uh, you know when I he always knew when I was going up there for the scrimmage in the spring or or obviously going to the one game I go to every year, and he'd always want to know how you know how Penn State is, what kind of team they have, and you know your name would come up. But oh yeah, him and Eddie went to their best friends, and they went to, oh they were Penn freaks. They would go to almost every Penn basketball game. He David hardly ever missed any of them if he was if he was in town. Uh, he is um, the quintessential um, old school baseball guy that helped. I mean, part of the cornerstones that make the game that we love today great. I think that would be fair to say. Uh, we're seeing a lot of new and different blood in there. How badly does the game need a couple more David Montgomerys? Oh, I think every. Every sport, every walk of life needs a David Montgomery or more of them. You know, they're, they're just, uh, there's so much impersonal stuff nowadays. There's so much uh, uh, non communication, uh, things like that, that, you know, you sound like on a fossil when you start talking about it. And I try to be, I try not to do too much of that. But David was one of those people that communicated. He, uh, he listened. He wanted to talk to somebody. Oh, he had his cell phone, and you could text him, and he would text you at times and all. But when it was uh, face-to-face with him, uh, those last few years um, when he got so sick just happened to be the time that Comcast didn't want me anymore. So the timing couldn't have been better for the Phillies and uh, and me probably to go in there in 2014 right after he had his surgery and be there with him every night. and talk to him and help him eat because he was having trouble you know with his with his jaw and all those kind of things and and uh 
you know, if he left the room, you had to make sure you were paying. Oh my God, when he came back, you had to make sure you were keeping score right because he had to, <laughs> he had to have, and he had to have. Was it well? Was it hard hit? You know, was it did it, did he did he hit the ball well? Was it a blooper? Because he know I know that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what happened. No, no, no. This is no, no, no. I didn't hit it hard. But that's the way he was, Steve. He was he was a fan. Uh, he loved the game so much, and he wanted the game to do well. And he would have been a great commissioner. We always used to think, God, I hope we don't lose him, you know, because he would be, would have been a, you know, Bud Selig did a tremendous job. You know, people want to make fun of Bud Selig and his looks, and but Bud Selig did a heck of a job being a steward for the owners, and that's what the commissioner is in many ways, especially back in that era. And David was always involved in the labor negotiations with the players, and those players in the union, you know, they came in with an attitude, or as we say in Philadelphia, an attitude, and they came in with that, and to a man. You would hear them talk about Dave Montgomery, what a gentleman he was in those meetings. And when he opened his mouth, they listened. They didn't tune him out because he had he had a point to make. Uh, so the owners always wanted David in the meetings with the players uh, during those rough years we had with the negotiations. Didn't always work out. You know, we had our strikes and lockouts right. and, and things. But David did his best to, to try and uh, bring a civility to those meetings, the same civility he brought to everyone's life that he that he uh, that we're, we're lucky enough to be uh, around him. Actually, I, I, can, I completely agree with you about Bud Selig, by the way. You know, it's well, not the popular yeah. opinion, but I really could care less about the popular opinion. I, I think there's, there's more to it. That I, uh, it it's amazing if, if you don't go with the popular opinion, you're, you're cut down. <laughs> uh, so, well. uh, which I want to then take this to a, a different direction. Uh, so, sure. You know, I'll get back to David in a moment. Uh, it's interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine today about the Rockets and Warriors series. And he was talking about the, how the Rockets play the game with, with Harden. It's, it's different. It's analytic ball as to how they're playing. And his hope is the Rockets don't win, not because of the Rockets, but because everybody will copycat it. I don't blame anybody, Wheels, for trying to find their way to somehow win. Okay, If yeah. you can find a way to win, that's what it's all about in the end. You know, short of cheating, of course. Um, but it's the copycat part, which then will t- will lessen the entertainment in our in our view. Are, is sports, in some ways, not understanding that they're entertainers any longer? A great point. You know, the two things. Uh, you know, you're on such a great area. You know, two things. As far as entertainers go, they you know they're trying to do more of that in baseball. They want these guys flipping the bat. You know, they want them uh, putting all these all these things that you know the people from my generation just can't stand. Uh, and, and you knew that if you did it, you were going to get one in the ribs your next time up. Well, you know you can't do any well, of that. Well, when the anymore. broadcast is over, Wheels and I are high five, and what a broadcast that was! <laughs> we are, you and I walk out after the game's over, and the tour would look at each other and go. They lost. I'm really ticked off. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> hey, what a that's broadcast. Exactly right. Let's flip the really mic. Really care, but you <laughs> right. know the entertainment part now that there's so much showboat in sports. It's, it's kind of like here I go sounding like a fossil again, but it's kind of like yeah, society. But... It's all about me, 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 I, 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 and they want them to be that way in baseball because they think that that's what you have to do to get the young kids to look up from their cell phone once in a while. So, hey, whatever it takes to make the game uh, endure, I'm all for it. But the copycat part, yeah, 
that's what's happened with our game because the Astros have had such success, whether the Dodgers have had success, the Cubs have. And now every game there's more strikeouts and hits, and they're into these shifts. And uh, I, I don't know. Is it a better game with more strikeouts and hits uh, without people on base and everybody dropping their back shoulder trying to see how far they can hit it in the air as opposed to a ground ball to the right side with a man on second that – is a part of the game. So, yeah, it, the copycat part is a part of our sport nowadays, and I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. No, I, I really don't. No, and, and you bring up the part about the fossil part. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> Be, and I'm glad you, because here's the reason why. The part, I, I think analytics are really useful. Mm-hmm. They're really useful. They can, you know, they can help you and me get ready to do a broadcast. Okay? Amen. Um, but I also think it takes out feel, intuition that separate certain individuals as, as to how they do a job. Uh, I mean, do I sit there and care what the spin rate is of <laughs> a curveball? Now, if really? I'm the pitching coach, that's invaluable to me. Blurting it out on the air means nothing to anybody. Hey. Oh. <laughs> You know, I'm so glad I'm not on television anymore because, you know, look, you do a lot of radio, uh, and radio radio is still so much better to do than television because radio, you control what you're doing. When you're right. on television, the, the damn picture controls what's, what you're doing because people are looking at 90-inch screens, and you better talk about what's on the, on the, on the monitor or, right. you know, what they're watching at home. And they put up all this, look, uh, exit velocity. I don't care about that. You're going to hear it come off the bat. You knew, you knew the sound it made that it had. Boy, that ball's hit hard, you know, as opposed to a clunker, or a, you know, a big broke his bat. Uh, it's, it's yeah, spin rate and all. Oh, uncle, you know a spin rate on a breaking ball. You could tell the guy had a nine, twelve to six curveball. Okay, yeah. it, that, that means he's spinning the hell out of it. it, 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 it Steve Carlton, Dick Ruthven asked him one time, Lefty, teach me how to throw that slider. And lefty said, well, here, you just hold it like this. I'm just holding my hands up. You put your, your grip on it, and then you just throw the hell out of it. And Ruthman looked at him like, oh, that helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Your hands are ungodly strong or something. Whatever you do to make it. Well, you, you don't need all that analytical stuff for that. But you know what? Nowadays, people want it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, no, I, Well, no. Okay, a guy hits a home run. Now, do I need to know his exit velocity? No. It cleared the fence. I assume he hit it hard. (laughs) What Charlie Manuel say? What's a home run, son? It's a fly ball, a long fly ball that just goes over the wall. (laughs) That was pretty well, pretty simplified right there. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes it's kind of cool if you hear. But see, the problem when the, even when they we give it out, uh, the, uh, the how far it went. Well, those are all coordinates. I mean, the stadiums get in the way of it, so you don't really right. know how far it would have gone right. if, it, if the stadium hadn't gotten in the way. So yeah. they can be a little misleading sometimes too. So I mean, all that stuff is hey, people want more nowadays. Everything is more, more, more. Uh, you know, the boredom factor and the, the attention span, the attention span of a field mouse. If you, but what do we do? We build ballparks nowadays with all these things where kids can go and play. Yeah. When I was a kid, we went to the ballpark. Your parents took you. You sat down. They gave you a hot dog oh. and a Coke and said, watch a game. Got that right. I you didn't have to f- go to a playground. Oh. But yet, if you don't build that, Steve, then you're, you're left behind. So I totally understand yeah. why the Phillies had to revamp some things and build sure. some areas. But when every time they shoot that, I, I look at it and I think, there's 100 kids out there. Yeah. 
and they're not watching the game. Right. You know, they're 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 doing all this other stuff while the game's going on. But you know, whatever it takes. If if I'm in marketing, I totally get it that you have to do those things to get people sure. into the ballpark and whatever it takes. But yeah, I don't find that enjoyable. Well, it's interesting because the first game I went to, I was five. Uh, <laughs> Yan- Yankees Red Sox at Fenway Park. Well, there was oh, no wow. there was no bounce house there. Okay, no. so I sat no. there and watched the game. I remember Mickey Mantle right-handed hitting the ball over the screen. It's, it's now seats, but the screen at Fenway yeah. Park, and, it, and watching Roger Maris hit a home run. Now it's five. Like five. you know, I was into the game. Uh, but what bothers me about the you know what the biggest part that bothers me about analytics, without question, is that if you bring the words feel and intuition into it. Even though you concede how important analytics are, you concede it, okay? Because I, I think it's a great tool for us to use. They act like you're a dinosaur because you're not seeing it 100 percent their way. Uh, you know, I, look, I, I still believe it, and and uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, but I, I could tell who could play and who couldn't if I watched him for a period. Yes, of time. I always said, let me watch a guy. Give me a full season with a guy, and I'll have him for you. But yeah. even a couple months. Just let me watch him and be with him on the road and see how he acts. And I can tell you who can play and who can and who's going to be a big leaguer and who isn't. And now they have, and bless them, they're all these MIT. They have got a bunch of kids walking around the ballpark, you know, my last few years, and now I hear there's even more. And, and you know, I'm not trying to stereotype, but you can tell that, you know, they could barely walk and chew gum trying to play sports. Right. But. They are the people that are running the organizations in many ways because that's the input that they use is all this stuff. That's why they do all this shifting and all these kind of things. Nothing's left to the – heck, the players are even pulling cards out of their back pocket to look to see where to yes. put somebody. Where to put yes. somebody. They're yes. like they're automaton. Yeah. Well, automaton. What the heck's the word I'm looking for? You're the journalist. They, but, they, you know, every, <laughs> they, they're, they're like automated. robots. They're, they're automated. They're, they're automated. They're yeah. they're AI. Hey, thank you, thank you. I've been out of business a while. They're, they, they're, <laughs> there's, there's there's nothing. You don't think anymore. You don't stand out there and go, oh, here comes so and so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Now who's pitching today? All right. Now they, he, he's more. He, Probably going to throw him breaking balls. Well, I'll look in and see the signs. But, yeah, okay, that means I better shade him a step over or two. No, they reach in their pocket and looking to see where we're going to put them. But All you right. know what? If you don't do that, as I said before, you're left behind. And uh, I totally get it where, where everything is nowadays, but I guess I kind of liked it a little more when you had to figure things out for yourself. Well, the other day the Pirates were playing the Rangers, and I can't remember who was pitching, but he walked the bases loaded. Now, then, then he gave up a grand slam, and that was the point where I realized in watching it that there was a reason why he didn't throw it over the plate to the other three guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's a great point. We used to kid about that on the air. You know, when a guy was working so slow, you know, you'd say, well, there's a reason. There's a reason he's working slow, because he's not in a hurry to throw that slop up there. And I, of course, cleaned it up. You know, I didn't say it that way. I, I was much more diplomatic. Uh, back in those days, but you know, and the guys that are working fast, man, they got good stuff, and they can't wait to throw it. They can't right. wait to get you out. Right. So, right. but now they all pitch away from the bat, and and right. now they they think they only got to pitch five or six innings, so they all throw two zero breaking balls and changeups. So yeah. you know, as a result, there's more strikeouts because hitters are still swinging like their fastballs coming, and. Uh, and and instead of getting a fastball once in a while to hit in that spot and making something happen. There's all these innings now where nothing happens in games, and right. 
Uh, baseball's a great game because not, a lot of stuff doesn't happen. But not right. this way. I just think that they're really doing some things to the game right now that dramatically need to be changed. And, and uh, I still love it. And I sit down here watching yeah. the Phillies on my yeah. Apple TV down here in Florida yeah. and all that. And I watch all the games that I can. I still love the game like you do. But I worry about it sometimes because they're doing things to it right now. You shouldn't have a season in the major leagues where you have more strikeouts than hits. Right. in that season for the whole industry. That's nonsense. And they're headed for that again. So I don't think that's good. Analytics are fine. Feel for the game is fine. I think there's a, a, a happy medium between the two, and baseball hasn't found that middle ground yet. I totally agree. I totally agree. So how are my Lions going to do? <laughs> I gotta, I'll tell you right I now. You I'll you tell you right now. Here. You know who you're going to like? You're going to like the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, uh, obviously I read all that, and uh, you know, Brian, our, our friend Brian, Brian Utz from yeah, here yeah, I had a long talk with Brian. Well, he, yep. he told me he, he hung out with you, and it was great, and all that. That was so, so good that you just, you know helped him out with some stuff and all, because you know how Brian's much I always awesome. appreciated that when I'd come up. Um, but uh, yeah, I know, uh, you know, the whole Stevenson thing is a little dis- disconcerting. But uh, sure, hey, look. It's different nowadays with this transfer portal stuff and all. It's a lot of stuff I don't understand. I, I look at it as a, as a fan that I am and the way I read and, and try to keep up on it. That it's, it's a good thing in a way that they have so many kids that think they should be playing all the time that sometimes maybe they want to go somewhere else. So I don't look at it as a negative. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but it, it is a little bit different to be losing players the way we're losing players. Oh, it, it's different, but I think the era created the difference. And, the, and this is why I say this. They recruited as hard as they could and got as many quality players in here coming out of the sanctions era. And I think the recruiting kept going to the point where then things started to stabilize. They started getting even better players. And see, I think they out-recruited the players that they brought in originally, and I think that's the reason why they transferred. Well, that, that that's such 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 so good to hear you say that because that's the way I kind of look at it. And you know what they were trying to do all those years, from what I understood, was they were trying to have kids, the big the, the, the starters, practice against somebody that would actually challenge them. That yeah. would be close to being starters themselves, as yes. opposed to the sanctions problems when when you had a lot of walk-ons and things like that. Oof. It wasn't their fault, you know, that they nope. they couldn't, but. What did you get out of it? Uh, what did you get out of it when you were practicing against players like that? Well, now you're practicing against good players, scholarship players, you know, highly recruited players, and, and it's got to make a difference. And that's what Brent Pry will tell you about Will Levis, who would right now be the two guy. Brent Pry will tell you that Levis gave them more trouble as a scout team quarterback than anybody he's <laughs> gone against. See, that, wow. that's, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're right. looking for that's something a- like that. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, you know, we all wanted to see what Tommy Stevenson could do for a full season, and and with his, with you know with his uh, you know with his ability and his tools and all that. But we're not going to see it. So maybe Joe Moorhead's going to see it. Who knows? From the yeah, latest exactly. thing I read, but you know we'll move on. And Clifford's going to be very good. Hey, look, hey, that pass he threw in the in the ball game last year, it was a touchdown, and that guy ran 9,000 yards, it looked like, out of nowhere, that safety had picked it off. Yep. Or, yeah. I don't know. That's what yeah, I broke, saw, yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, believe me, because the play happened right in front of Jack and me. But Jack and I have not entered into the transfer portal. You're still stuck with us, okay? so <laughs> Hey, 
That would be that would be horrible if I couldn't text you once in a while and ask you what the hell's going on. I miss it. <laughs> and you know it are well. When you do, I give you the answer, my friend. So <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I, I don't ask too dumb a question. <laughs> oh, no, you know. If anybody knows how to ask the right questions, it is the man with decades of experience of asking questions. <laughs> hey, I'll be up uh, I'll be up for the Michigan game. I'm going to be awesome. coming back to Philly. And, but anyway, I'll be up for the Michigan game, and I'm going to try and find out where you're doing your show on that Friday afternoon. Maybe come see you this year. Awesome. I can't wait. Hey, thanks so much. I know it's a tough time. As always, you came on. It was great. But I figure if we broke it into two parts, we hit some fun stuff later. And I think David would have appreciated that. He, uh, David, always appreciated people that could talk about other subjects. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Wheels, thanks. Okay, anytime, bud. It's great hearing from you. You too. He is the best. Oh, man. Certain people that you sit back and say you think the world of like that person. Wheels is one of those guys with me. Think the world of them. All right. Next half hour, Dieter Kurtenbach, Mercury News on tonight's Rockets matchup against the Warriors in Game 6, Sands Kevin Durant. That's next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.